Hey there, it's Olivia Allen Price, host of Bay Curious, the podcast. KQED Podcasts wants to thank listeners like you whose support makes this podcast possible. If you want to help us continue to make great content, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. And thanks. From KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price. This is Bay Curious. I want you to come with me for a few minutes on a journey to the Wild West. It's the 1850s, and you are a gold prospector. You left your ma and pa back in your hometown to strike it rich out west. Now you're in a mining outpost at the base of the Sierra, surrounded by nothing but rocks, brush, and treasure-hungry men. And this week, you got lucky. Your bags are filled with gold nuggets. But not everyone has been so lucky, and desperation makes people do crazy things. You better get your gold somewhere safe and fast. So here you are, waiting on the stagecoach driver. And here he comes. The driver sits atop his coach, working his long black snake whip. His six horses gallop at a fine pace. A shotgun next to him glints in the sun. It's not just for grizzlies, it's for bandits. After all, he's not just bringing letters from home, but money. And when the driver leaves, he'll be taking your gold nuggets with him, back to the vaults of San Francisco. That's just how things move out here in the West. This stagecoach driver goes by Charlie Parkhurst, and Charlie is one of the best. And Charlie's also the topic of today's episode. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hi there, I'm Randal Delfetah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Charlie Parkhurst was one of the most famous stagecoach drivers in all of the West, and he ran many routes right here in the Bay Area. Our listener Betsy in Santa Clara learned about Charlie while reading a historical fiction novel and wrote to Bay Curious looking for the true story. Charlie Parkhurst was a legend back in the day, and he was gender nonconforming. Reporter Jessica Placek is here to drive us through this one. Stage drivers were seen as the masculine ideal in the Old West. It was a profession demanding lots of skill, physicality, endurance, and courage. Now, Charlie left behind few documents, and some of the stories we do have contradict each other. But here's what we know. 
Charlie was a man of slight build who chewed tobacco, drank whiskey, and swore often. His voice was described as a whiskey tenor. He wore beaded riding gloves and used his whip with horses and to stay out of brawls. He was tough, and he looked even tougher after he was half-blinded when a horse kicked him in the face. It was probably scared by a snake. That's how he got the name One-Eyed Charlie. Some knew the story of his crossing a crumbling bridge during a storm. Others only cared about his ability to keep the bandits away from their goods. But none of Charlie's peers knew about his history that Charlie was assigned female at birth. In popular history, we get a sense that Charlie was born in New Hampshire in 1812. This is Rachel Reinhardt, director of the UC Berkeley History Social Science Project. There are conflicting accounts, but obituaries from the time say Parkhurst spent their early years in an orphanage and then ran away to find work in stables. And then gained skills during that time as a horse handler. That's around when Parkhurst began wearing boys' clothes and living life as a man. We don't know what gender pronoun Charlie would prefer, but for this story, we're going to use they or him for Charlie. Because they is a wonderful non-binary pronoun that can be used today to mark people who are sort of refusing or renouncing the gender binary, but I think can also be used for people in the past as a kind of marker of undecidability. This is Don Romsberg, a historian and chair of women and gender studies at Sonoma State University. I think that if you're going to pick one wrong gender pronoun for Charlie, it would be she. Because For as much of Charlie's life that Charlie was an active agent in asserting um, uh, a gendered self, he was a he. And Charlie would have all kinds of motivations to live life as a man. Women were given very few economic opportunities in mid-19th century California. They could be seamstresses or laundresses or teachers or sex workers, essentially. They also couldn't vote, and Charlie was registered to vote 50 years before women got suffrage. And people who persistently had erotic or uh, romantic ties to someone of the same sex uh, would have been marginalized for that. We'll talk about Charlie's love life later. So there's all sorts of reasons beyond perhaps a true expression of one's gendered self that someone like Parkhurst might choose to live as a man. Eventually, Charlie started working as a stagecoach driver on the East Coast until the gold rush brought them out west. Charlie ran stretches of road all around California. Even working for Wells Fargo at one point. With a money box full of gold and a coach full of passengers, Charlie would drive horses across rough terrain where bandits lay in wait. You're out on the open road and you're responsible for your passengers and your freight. Once, Charlie was stopped by a gang of highway robbers wearing masks made out of long underwear. They put a gun to Charlie's head and threatened the passengers. But Charlie's gun was out of reach. They were forced to give the bandits the money box, this time. But Charlie told them, if it happens again, it'll be unpleasant. After that, Charlie was always prepared. The next time Charlie was stopped by a desperado, Charlie shot him dead. 
for a long time. He was, quote unquote, the boss of the road. But was living life out on the open road lonely? Passengers were probably around, but it was said that Charlie often worked alone, doing double duty as both the driver and the lookout. And in regards to love, it's hard to say. There was this one time when a poor widow was about to lose her house, and Charlie bought the house to give it back to her. Some speculated that Charlie did it for the widow's daughter. It was pretty. But Charlie left that town soon after. Charlie eventually retired from stagecoach driving, spending their later years as a farmer and lumberman. At the very end, it wasn't bandits or a gunfight that killed Charlie, but cancer of the tongue. Charlie died at the age of 67. That was when the public found out that Charlie was assigned female at birth. And it became a national news story. Across the country, papers printed stories that might be seen as insensitive today, with headlines that erased Charlie's experience living as a man. 30 years in disguise. The female stage driver. A queer woman. When trans men's gender histories are revealed for some reason, the local communities tend to be quite sympathetic to that person who was a member of their community in their small town who they knew, right? It's only when national newspapers pick that story up that they start to be about degeneracy and masquerading and fooling and disguising and pathology. Over the years, Charlie's story has been told in more obscure historical texts, but now Charlie will be getting a more permanent place in the history books. The Fair Education Act passed in 2011 and became law in 2012, and it basically um, ensures that the roles and contributions of LGBT Americans and people with disabilities be included in K-12 history education. Although terms like trans didn't exist during Charlie's time, Romsburg says that Charlie's life is a part of trans history. And Romsburg has fought to get Charlie into lesson plans. It's important that we see LGBT lives in the past so that we understand that queerness and transness is not something that simply appears uh, after Stonewall, for example, but it's something that's been around uh, in some form everywhere for always. Romsburg says learning about Charlie in classes is a step in the right direction. Charlie's story opens us up to thinking more deeply about gender in the present. It acknowledges that people like Charlie aren't sensational news stories. They are a part of our history. And this is just one of many great trans stories. Thanks to our question asker, Betsy, and reporter Jessica Placek for her work on that story. We rounded up a list of other notable LGBTQ people in history in the web version of this story. Head to baycurious.org and check it out. Bay Curious is produced by Ryan Levy, Jessica Placek, and me, Olivia Allen Price. We get engineering support from Paul Lancour, Katie McMurrin, and Rob Spate. Our music designer is Susie Racho. Our copy editor is Pat Yallen. Additional support comes from Julie Kane, Carly Severn, David Weir, Ethan Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. Big Curious is made in San Francisco at KQED. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Yeehaw! 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 Hi, Big Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? 
Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest, and I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.